Go in your Bibles to what book? The book of Philippians. As we are traveling right on through this book, book of Philippians chapter number two. And yes, my hope is to get done before Christmas time. Not this sermon, this series that I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. And then I will read what I would consider a companion verse to this. Um, that will be in the book of Ezekiel. Let me find Ezekiel real quick. All right. 15 and 16. That you may be blameless and harmless as sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. We're not willy-nilly in this and not knowing what we're going to do next and not knowing what we're going to go by. This is what we go by. Amen. Right here. Right here. Not by what the current administration says. We go by this. Right. Not by what culture is going to say two months from now. No, we go by this. Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Father, take the words that we will speak here this day and I am believing, God, that there will be life and beneficial for every person. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in Ezekiel chapter 34, let me give you that. And I really liked how this read in the New American Standard, but I don't have that, so I'll try to remember some of that by memory. And uh, even when I read King James, it's King James with a Wayne County flair. It may have been Walt Steele told me one time, what version do you use? I've brought every version to church, and none of them follow after what you're saying. So it's the Wayne County flair. Uh, verse 15, I will feed my flock. I will cause them to lie down. I will seek that which was lost, bring again that which was driven away, will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick. The title of the message today is Light of the World. And anybody that has a pulpit ministry... In this church, you won't find a scripture that outlines itself any better than that in the book of Ezekiel. Because the church is to be a light of the world. What is the purpose of the church? It is this. I will feed my flock. I will lead them to rest. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the scattered. I will bind up the broken. I will strengthen the sick. Jesus is the light of the world. How many know that to be true? Here's the part. Either you know it or you know it, don't want to think about it. Jesus looked for the disciples and said, you are the light of the world. A good illustration of this is the sun and the moon. What the moon is doing is reflecting the sun that nobody can now see. And when at nighttime you're seeing that full orb of that moon, it is a reflection of the sun. We cannot see of who Jesus is because he is in heaven, but we, everybody's supposed to be able to see a good reflection of who he is through his people. 
I will feed my flock. Jesus said to Simon Peter, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Before he said, feed my sheep, he said, feed my lambs. And I think what that means to me personally is, Jesus was saying, you gotta help the little bitty ones. That's what we do at this church. We have three different nurseries, right? Even right here at Orchardville, and of course, in the Centralia branch and Fairfield branch, they have the same thing. We have Adventureland, we have OC Kids, we have Live Out Loud, we have Girls of Grace, we have Boys of Strength, we have Modified Youth, and coming soon, we have Camp Orchardville. Years back, we got a set, we got a bunch of pews. There's probably 25 or 26 pews in, in the whole uh, thing that we got. Got them from a church that had locked their doors, closed their doors, and the reason why was because everybody that had went there at one time was then now currently buried in the church cemetery. They never reach the next generation, and God says that is priority number one. Oh, we can't, we, can't get a, we can't get a projector. Oh, no, we can't get a CD player. They'll just have to use the flannel graph. That's why a lot of churches have died completely out. You've got to be read. Look what God says over and over and over in the Bible. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is always looking for the next generation to come up. And it is not, God forbid, that it ever be our prayer. Oh, God, bless me and my wife and John and his wife. Us four no more. X to four. God help us if that ever becomes what we're doing. Today, what the church does worldwide is they spend 90% of their money on the people that they've got. You do not see that in the New Testament. They spent 90% of their time, effort, and resources reaching people that wasn't even in the fold. Don't get so conceited and so just, well, this is just, it's just the, the group that we're reaching, and this is just what we're doing, and this is just us, and I like our family church, and it's like what Carlin said one time to a person when they said, we like our small family church, and, and, and Carlin said, well, what, what do you do with the Great Commission? Good question. Pastor, I really liked it years ago when the church was so small that after the service, we was all able to come down and be in your living room and eat all of your food and dirty up all your dishes. I didn't. I like what we got going on now. Sometimes you got to outgrow what you used to be thinking and even the philosophy that so many churches have of, oh, we can only minister if there's 80 people. What do you do with person number 81 that comes in your door? I'm sorry, we've met our quota. You'll have to go somewhere else. See, that, don't, that breaks down. Next, I will lead them to rest, to be replenished, to be refreshed. One and two, let's review already. 
One and two, I will feed my flock. I will lead them to rest. That's to get you ready for number three. Number three. Number three is, I will seek the lost. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man, meaning Jesus, is come to seek and to save the lost. I got a letter here a while back that says, Mark, your ministry is to seek the lost. That's not my ministry. That gal is confused. Confused. Jesus said, we got it in the book of John chapter 14, the works that I do shall you do also. Everyone wants to talk about healing in that verse, but I'm telling you, the primary focus for Jesus coming to this world was not to heal everybody or to make everybody rich, it was so everybody gets saved. There's a primary purpose, to save sinners. No, clap like you mean it or don't clap at all. <laughs> Preacher, I think that soul winning is a gift. No, it is not. Yeah but, yeah, but Joe, he's really good at it. It's probably because he does it more. Oh, I've been with this one guy. I mean, he was just so, so uh, 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 good and, and just so, uh, uh, just being able to say the right word and be able to, be able to talk to that per, uh, person, just, just so right. What's well, because he done a lot of times. So when he's not a gift, it's a command. Go right back to the Great Commission. We're all called not, not to get our light and hide it under a bushel. What's the next word? No. We're to shine that light abroad so everybody can see. I had a pastor that tell me that my church is not a soul-winning church. My church is a faith-building church. That guy's got a hole in his head. It'd be like saying, uh, uh, we're both truck drivers, you and me. You drive a truck, but I don't drive a truck, but we're both truck drivers. Hmm? Hmm? We're both barbers, you and me. Is there barbers anymore? No, I don't think just beauticians. We'll go with that. We'll go with barbers instead of beauticians. We're both, we're both, yeah, we're both barbers. You cut hair and I don't cut hair. But, you know, uh, uh, we're both barbers. We're both bankers, you and me. You work in a bank and I don't work in a bank. But we're, you know, we're both bankers. We're both pastors, you and me. You endeavor to win somebody to Jesus, and I don't. We're both pastors. You Hogwash. Hogwash. We are to be what God has ordained the church to be, and that is a soul-winning station. You've heard it from me time and time again. From the very first greeter, even before that, from someone greeting someone outside, and then they get in these doors, they go down to the coffee shop, they go to a Sunday school class, they are whatever the scenario is, and then they come in here, they listen to the songs, they hear the sermon, the altar call is given, and someone comes forward and gets born again because this is the fiat command of God. You must... Be born again. Not, well, you know, if you feel like it someday, yeah, you might ought to try that. 
Everything we do culminates at persons being born again. You must be born again, is what Jesus said. Years ago, over at St. Trey, I went to this uh, place. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, George, he might remember the name of it. But they sold Italian beef. And the guy said, now, you want horseradish? And I said, well, sure. And he goes, be, care be careful in this because this is really hot. And I said, oh, okay, yeah. And he gave me this little container of horseradish. And, you know, I've, I've had horseradish before. I've ate at racks. Or Arby's. And I just opened that container and I just blobbed it right down there, right there in the middle of that sandwich. And ate about halfway through, you know, no big deal. Here's what the guy told me. You gonna get this horseradish? And I said, for sure. I've had horseradish. He said, you must spread it around. Okay, yeah, or whatever. I bit into that big glob of horseradish. Believe me, I'd never had horseradish before. <laughs> what Arby's and Wendy's and all that's got, that ain't horseradish. That's something different. This was horseradish. And when that guy said, you must spread it around, he knew exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> must, that, I mean, that thing, it set me on fire. I drunk everything I had and had to pull over to 7-Eleven uh, or Huck's or whatever and bought two more bottles of water. It set me on fire. You must. You must. It's an imperative necessity. You can't get around it. You must be born again. You must spread this around, just like he said. You must. You must have air to breathe. You must have food to eat. You must have water to drink. You must be born again. Thanks, Doc. Jesus said, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also. He that believes on me. Doesn't say he was called to preach. Hmm? Doesn't say that. Oh, that's just for the preacher. Well, says you. The Bible says something different. This idea and concept of clergy and laity, it's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible to where, oh, it's the clergy up here and we do the big work and the laity, oh, they just show up. No, we're all in this together. Everybody, my main job, think of this, my main job is not even to preach soul-winning sermons. You don't hear me preach soul-winning sermons very often. My main job is to get you as a group and as individuals and as a group collectively to realize our job is to go outside of these doors and be a burning and a shining light and testimony to Jesus and win somebody to Jesus. And then they come back to the church and they make reference of that saying, hey, I got born again last week. Thank God. Amen. And I love when people come forward for salvation. But I'm telling you, this year we have seen as many people get born again outside of the church walls as we have inside the church walls. And I think God's all about that. I think God's all about that. If you're not shining your light and telling others, you're AWOL. And that's absent without leave is what that means. First John chapter 4, as he is, so are we in this world. Why did Jesus come to this world? Seeking to save that which was lost. Soul winning is the heart of the church. Soul winning is the mortar that holds all the bricks together. 
Because when you get people, and you know, you got to have new blood within a church. That's just an old saying. And it's so true. Nothing adds excitement like someone brand new in the faith coming in and they're growing up in God. Nothing adds excitement quite like that does. Soul winning is the reason for Bethlehem's manger, for Calvary's cross, for Jesus' blood being shed, for the Holy Spirit being given. Soul winning is the reason for these lights being on, for this platform being built, for those drums being there, for this pulpit being here, for that balcony being there, for this main auditorium being here. Soul winning is the reason, whether it happens here or outside these doors, it's to motivate us to know that's what our job is to do. Now, I got a question. How many here has ever lost your child? How many here would never own up to that, even for $100, you wouldn't own up that you've ever lost your child? No, DCFS agent may be sitting in the congregation. <laughs> you know, you're at Walmart, and where's, hey, hey, where's little Joey at? <laughs> you're at Six Flags, and you can't, I'm telling you, the moment that happens, Kay quit laughing, that's not funny. The moment that happens, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Where's Marcus? <laughs> I've heard that comment a number of times. Where's Marcus? Nothing else matters. It don't matter what kind of money you got. It don't matter what kind of car you drive. It don't matter. Where's Marcus? That's what matters. My child is lost, and I've got to find my child. If we as Christian people would have that kind of emphasis on a family member, someone you know that doesn't trust Jesus Christ as their Savior, and we would have that kind of emphasis, this place would not hold the number of people that show up next week. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. We're to bring back the scattered, number four. The prodigal son, when he comes back, his elder brother, listen to this. Listen to the venom of this. This, this is where he's, elder brother talking to the father. This thy son. Didn't even call him his brother. Didn't even say, my brother's returned. No. This thy son. That's wasted the inheritance and spent all his money on loose women and, and, and wine and song. And the Bible never says any of that. Mm -mm, never says any of that. I think the older brother's thinking, boy, if I ever went out, that's what I'd be doing. <laughs> yeah, never says that. But that's what he interjects in that. One of the jobs of the church is bring back the scattered. You fill in the blank. Rahab the Jonah and the Why didn't anybody say Rahab the woman that hid the two messengers and did the work of God? 
Why didn't anybody say Jonah and the citywide revival that he had? No. No. We want to look at the bad. And thank God, I don't see that here, but I've seen it in other places to where if somebody does do wrong and they come back, they are looked down upon and nothing is more pharisaical than that. It's like the guy that wears the patchwork coat and every, every patch represents someone's sin in the community. And somebody asked him where his sin was, and he said, oh, it's a little bitty patch in the back where I can't see it. So willing to see everybody else's faults and failures. We're to bring back the scattered. Aren't you glad with you it wasn't one and done? I am with me. God give you one chance, and if you mess that up, sorry, boy. No, thank God we need to be a place to where people can come and find healing. We're to bring back the scattered. Orchardville Church should be a spiritual hospital. The Spirit of the Lord. The Bible says the fifth one is we're to bind up the broken. The Good Samaritan went to the man and did what? Bound up his wounds. The Spirit of the Lord has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Moses, with the broken law, is welcomed back to the cross. David, with a broken life, is welcomed back to the cross. Naomi, with a broken heart, is welcomed back to the cross. Simon Peter, with broken promises, is welcomed back to the cross. After King David sinned with Bathsheba, that's when most of the Psalms were written. After Simon Peter sinned and openly rejected Jesus Christ three times, and that's why Jesus openly had him to confess him three times, this is the man, after all of that happened, preached the great message on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people are born again. Don't be so quick to discount people if they don't just quite measure up to what you think they ought to measure up to. After Jonah ran from God, wasn't long after that, that's when he preached and the entire city was converted. Number six, we're to strengthen the sick. This is why we anoint with oil. And you know, there are, there are things about, about people being healed that I will, I'll tell you publicly, I'll never understand. I'm not one of these Christians that's got the little booklet, and because the little booklet says this, that's exactly how it must be. Fooey on that. Fooey on that. The same God that delivered Simon Peter out of the prison is the same God that allowed James to be beheaded by Herod. And you're going to tell me James didn't have enough faith? Fooey on that. Hebrew word for that, hogwash. Ain't buying into that. There's things about it that I'm just not going to understand, but I'm telling you, I'm going to continue to pray for people to be healed. I'm going to continue to go to the hospital and try to minister to people. That's what God's Word tells us to be able to do. 
I will feed my flock. I will give them rest. I will seek the lost. I'll bring back the scattered. I will bind up the broken and I will strengthen the sick. That's what we are to do as a church. Bow your heads, please. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for this, this word that you have given us, Lord, through the blood of many, many, many people down through the years. And God, now we have, we have your word before us, and I'm thankful for that. God, I ask and pray that no person here would take that word lightly or for granted, but God, we would know that it is what we need in our life to live like you want us to live. I'm asking and praying, God, you know the heart of every person here. God, I have trouble knowing my own heart at times, so I'm not going to try to act like I know anybody else's heart. But God, you know every person's heart. We're asking and praying, God, that you would speak and deal. And if there's any person here today, maybe today, but they've never said yes to Jesus Christ, and his forgiveness that he gives, I'm praying that today would be their day. If there are Christian people here that you're going to speak to their heart, and God, you're going to shake them a little bit to get them to know and realize that they have a job to do, and that job is to seek those that are lost. Well, that's our, that's our primary uh, purpose here. We're to reach, teach, and serve. But God, I know what the primary focus of the church is to be, is to win the lost at any cost. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. As they sing, as the Spirit of God instructs you and prompts you, if you have a need for prayer, we ask you to come forward, and they will be those that will be praying with you. Come right on. Oh, we- 
Thankful for you all being here. I'm always grateful for people that come forward to the altar. We have a, we have a doing faith. There's always a part that we are to do. Uh, Jesus, when he went to the tomb of Lazarus, said, roll away the stone. The parts that they could do, they needed to do. And right here is an excellent example. The part we can do is come forward and ask God to do the major part and the big part that we cannot do. I ask you as... Christian people, to be light in the world, I want you to be that light. Yeah, but preacher, I'm in, a, I'm in a place that's really dark, and well, you're really needed really bad then. I've got a building out back of my, little little building out back of my place that doesn't have electricity, and uh, that flashlight that I use at nighttime when I have to go out there, that flashlight, that's big time important. Because there ain't another light. I mean, that's it. 
And you may be the only light that somebody's being able to see. And thank God for you. Thank God for you. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.